Brothers and sisters, this morning we're looking at the second recorded stoning in the Old Testament. The first stoning happened back in Leviticus, and it was the death of that little half-Egyptian boy who blasphemed. And now this second stoning is a Sabbath breaker who gathers sticks and breaks the law. Our passage this morning is the story of Yahweh's wrath against sin, and it's the story of sin earns death. What we'll see even in this story is that our text was always intended to point us to Christ. So our theme this morning as we look at this text is this. High-handed sinners need to die accursedly outside the camp. You should believe in Jesus. We'll look at this in three points this morning. First, high-handed sin is cureless and cursed. Secondly, high-handed sinners need to be cut off and killed. And third, Christ is the goal of the law. High-handed sin is cureless and cursed. High-handed sinners need to be cut off and killed, and Christ is the goal of the law. So first, point one, high-handed sin is cureless and cursed. There is no cure for what our Sabbath breaker has done. And we know there's no cure because that's the immediate context of our passage. In the beginning of Numbers chapter 15, Yahweh has just spoken to Moses and said, tell the people of Israel how to atone for unintentional sin. Yahweh tells Moses that there's a sacrifice for when the whole people sins unintentionally. There's a way to take unintentional sin away if the whole people have done it. What you do is you grab bulls and goats and food offerings and you wash away the unintentional sin of the whole people. There's a way to cure unintentional sin for individuals. What you do is you grab a female goat, and you sacrifice it, and the individual's unintentional sin is washed away. But then, Numbers 15, 30, Yahweh tells Moses that there's no mercy for high-handed sin. The person who does anything with a high hand whether he is a native or a sojourner, reviles the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from among his people. And that's because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. And that person shall be utterly cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. Now one might ask, what's a high-handed sin? Sounds like something I would want to avoid. And the answer is, it's the opposite of unintentional sin. If unintentional sin is sinning on accident, then high-handed sin... The opposite of that is sinning on purpose. High-handed sin is presumptuous sin. The opposite of sinning on accident is sinning deliberately, intentionally, and presumptuously. And we know that this man, this Sabbath breaker, has sinned high-handedly because they caught him. Our text this morning, the first verse, it says, While the sons of Israel were in the wilderness, they discovered this man gathering sticks. They found him. They busted him. This guy was sneaking, and they caught him. Innocent people doing innocent things don't get found because they do what they do in the open. Our Lord reminds us in John chapter 3 that wicked men love the darkness because it hides their evil deeds. This man is hiding. This man knows what he's doing, and he's trying not to let other people see it. And they catch him. He's been discovered. And not only do we know that this is high-handed sin because of the context and because of the way this guy was sneaking, we know it because of what he was actually doing. This is high-handed sin because of what he's doing. 
We know that in Exodus 16, Yahweh declares to the Israelites, don't even do cooking on the Sabbath. Gather your man up, do your boiling, do your baking the day before so that you can set the Sabbath aside as full rest, as holy. In Exodus 20 and 23, Yahweh declares that nobody should work, not the Israelites, not their servants, not the sojourners, and not their animals. And in Exodus 31, Yahweh says this, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. In Exodus 35, again, Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said, These are the things that the Lord has commanded. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. In Leviticus 23, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. And again in Leviticus 26, keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I'm the Lord. Yahweh has been very clear here. There's no escaping that this is a clear violation. This was a holy day that the Israelites are supposed to keep really strictly. The pattern for the Israelites for rest on the Sabbath was afflicting themselves. Leviticus 16, afflict yourselves and keep my Sabbaths. When the Synod of Dort met, one of the things that they wrote a decision on was the Sabbath. And one of their points of the Sabbath was that the ceremonial law bound the Jews to truly rigid and strict observation of a seventh-day rest. The ceremonial part of the Sabbath rest was designed to be inconvenient. It was a full standstill that hurt. And in the midst of this clear command, this guy is gathering sticks. This is blatant disregard for the law. And it's high-handed sin, and it is cureless. There is no cure for this. Just like Yahweh already said in Numbers 15.30, his iniquity shall be upon him. And so in our text, the people lock him up, and it says because it had not been clearly declared. But they're not locking him up because they don't know the commandment. The commandment is clear. They lock him up because they're awaiting Yahweh the judge. They want Yahweh the judge, as he is supposed to do, to come and judge and pass the sentence because high-handed sin is cureless, and because it's cureless, it is cursed. And they need to hear the declaration of curse from the judge. And Yahweh the judge comes in judgment, and he declares the curse. He enters the courtroom, and he says, guilty. And Yahweh actually uses the same words that he used in the Garden of Eden. It's hard to see this in our, in our English translations. But when Yahweh pronounces the curse on this man and says, you need to kill him, he actually says, dying, he shall be put to death. And that should remind us of the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 2. God says to Adam, on the day you eat of that tree, dying you shall die. 
Yahweh is pronouncing the curse of death on a covenant-breaking, disobedient lawbreaker. This man has disobeyed the law and he has earned the curse. He has failed his probation, he's failed his test, and he has earned death. He earned curses for disobedience. He earned, this man shall surely die. He earned, dying he shall be put to death. High-handed sin isn't just cureless, it's cursed, and he's been sentenced. But that brings us to point two. Point two is that high-handed sinners need to be cut off and killed. (coughs) There's no cure and there's only curse for high-handed sin. And that means this Sabbath breaker has to be killed. We already read multiple times that Yahweh commanded, high-handed sinners need to die, Sabbath breakers need to die. And this is an illustration of what the author of Hebrews tells us, that he who puts aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. This man needs to die without mercy on the evidence of the people who caught him. And not only does he need to die, he needs to die a cursed death. He needs high-handed death's punishment, which is curse. Yahweh tells the whole congregation they need to stone him with stones. And the reason they need to do that has already been declared in Exodus 19. In Exodus 19, Yahweh tells us the point of stoning. Stoning communicates that this person is so filthy and cursed that we should not even touch him while he dies. This person is so vile that we don't want to dare catch what this man has. And so Yahweh commands that they need to stone him with stones, kill him with a cursed death outside the camp, take him out like trash, and get him out of here. He needs to die outside the camp because he's cut off from his people. And he's purged. He's out. The command for high-handed sin in Numbers 15.30 and the command for Sabbath breakers in Exodus 31 is the same. They need to die outside the camp. This man needs to be taken out like trash, and it needs to be clear that he's not in. He's not one of us. He doesn't belong in the land. He doesn't belong in new creation. He belongs outside the camp. This is what willful sin merits. Willful sin earns death outside the camp. This man was under keep the Sabbath and live, and he earned death. And that's because sinning and covenant breaking are reviling Yahweh. Sin and covenant breaking break the holy law of God. It's sin committed against his supreme majesty and it deserves the supreme punishment. Death outside the camp. Dying he shall die. Stone him with stones and kill him. See, the gathering of Israel in the land was a picture for us of who belongs in new creation. The person that belongs in new creation is the law keeper. The man that belongs on God's holy hill is the clean-handed, pure-hearted, promise-keeping, truth-telling, obedient, blessing-earning, covenant-keeping man of Psalm 24. In Psalm 24, and the law and Moses tell us that's who's worthy to ascend the holy hill of God. And Numbers 15 tells us what to do with the rest of us. The rest of us die outside the camp. Numbers 15 ends here with more law. After they stone this man, Yahweh says, put on the tassels. Put tassels on the ends of your garments so that you remember you look at these every day and do this and live. Put on the tassels, be holy. Put on the tassels, keep the commandments. Put on the tassels, remember what we just did. We just killed the Sabbath breaker. Put on the tassels, do work and earn. And brothers and sisters, if that were our application today, if the application were 
go home and do your best not sin on purpose. If, if the application were go home and be holy enough to live or go home and will yourself into keeping the law and the Sabbath, if that were our application, we could go over to the synagogue and proclaim it and be met with applause and no complaints. If that were our application, we would be headed into the hardest week, the hardest day, the hardest minutes, really, and the hardest microseconds of our lives. Because if that were our application, we'd be dead before we walked out the door. Adam and Eve knew what they were doing. They sinned high-handedly. They ate the fruit on purpose, and we did that in them. They hid afterward. They were caught. They were discovered. And everyone who's born to them deserves. Dying, he shall be put to death. Death outside the garden, death outside the land, death outside the camp, and death outside new creation. You and I know what we're doing. We already confess we have done what we ought not to have done, and we have not done those things we ought to have done. And there is not one of us here who has not sinned on purpose. And if we try and say we haven't, we make Yahweh a liar, and the truth is not in us. If the message here were watch yourself closely and wear the tassels or we'll stone you, we would leave under the curse and we would get the stones. Brothers and sisters, Christ is the goal of the law. Point three, Christ is the goal of the law. Romans 10, Christ is the goal of the law for, every, for righteousness, for everyone who believes. Moses writes about a righteousness based on the law, but faith grasps Christ and receives his righteousness. Those who embrace Christ by faith will be saved from their high-handed sins because Christ is the only cure for high-handed sins of high-handed sinners. Christ is the one who wore the tassels but got the stones. Christ is the one who was born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. And he kept everything Yahweh told Moses to do. Christ kept the whole of the law. He even had the little tassels, the little blue tassels at the ends of his garment, the tassels that said, look at these, be holy, obey, do and live. Those tassels were called wings and Christ had them. And we know Christ had him because that's how one of his healings happened. The woman with the flow touches the tassels and she's healed. Christ wore the tassels and he was under the law. He obeyed the law perfectly. And yet he's the one who died outside the camp without mercy. Christ is the one who never sinned accidentally, let alone high-handedly. And Yahweh made him to be sin for us. Yahweh told him, dying, you shall be put to death. And he died outside the camp, cut off from the people, cut off from the land of the living. Hebrews tells us that Christ is the one who suffered outside the gate and outside the camp to make his people holy by his blood. He was truly cut off so that you and I could look to him in faith and live. Christ was always the goal and the end of this story. Yahweh gave us this horrible account of death by stoning. So we could look into our own sinful hearts and our own sinful actions and say, I need to trust in the seed of the woman who was cut off for me. See, that's what David does. In Pastor Jared's regular series, we've been looking at the life of David and we've just come to 2 Samuel 11 and 12 and we've seen how Yahweh forgives David even though he's committed death-deserving deliberate sin. We miss this, but David should have been stoned for what he did. And yet David pleads forgiveness. And what does the Lord pronounce on David in, in 2 Samuel 12? 
He says, you shall not die. The reason David can get that sentence, you shall not die, is the cursed death of Christ. The reason David can plead mercy and covenant love for unpardonable high-handed sin in Psalm 51, and the reason David can plead, Lord, do not enter into judgment with your servant in Psalm 143, and the reason that David can plead, Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath in Psalm 6, the reason David can plead any of that is because he read Numbers 15 and he trusted in the cursed death of Christ. And that's because David was united to Christ by his circumcision. See, circumcision was a sign of faith that looked forward to a cutting off and throwing outside the camp. It was always pointing forward to the seed of the woman who would die this cursed death. And that's why Paul can call Christ's death your circumcision. It's the circumcision of Christ. Christ was cut off for us. When Christ was crucified, he died the cursed death. He suffered the cursed sanctions outside the camp for our incurable high-handed sins. Christ wore the tassels and got the stones. He earned life and he suffered death. And in him, the only unpardonable sin is unbelief and so great a deliverance. And so we rest in that. But not only is Christ the point of this story because he wore the tassels and got the stones, Christ is the goal of this story because he kept the Sabbath and he is the Sabbath. Christ kept the Sabbath as the true Sabbath keeper. He kept it by truly loving his neighbor on the Sabbath and desiring mercy on the Sabbath and revealing the heart of the Sabbath. Christ kept the Sabbath and it was a big deal in the Gospels that he did. Remember, the Pharisees challenge him on his Sabbath keeping. And over and over again, Christ shows the Pharisees that he is the true Sabbath keeper. He declares, I'm the true Sabbath keeper. And that's because Christ is the one who's loving Yahweh with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving his neighbor as himself on the Sabbath. But not only did Christ keep the Sabbath, Christ is our Sabbath. Our catechism reminds us that the fourth commandment is about so much more than refraining from activities and keeping the rules. It's about how God wills that every day of my life I rest from my evil works and I, allow, I let the Lord work in me through his spirit and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. In commenting on this passage, one pastor reminds us that the Sabbath always pointed us to Christ. What God commanded with regard to the seventh day had another goal. Not only that the Israelites should employ themselves in meditating upon Yahweh's works, but that renouncing themselves and their own works, they should live unto God. Rigid Sabbath observance in the Old Testament was always, always, always meant to point Old Testament believers away from themselves, to make them renounce themselves. It was always intended to make them stop trusting their own works. It was always intended to make them meditate upon the works of God and the future work of Christ and to rest in Christ. Christ is our true Sabbath because he's the only one who gives true rest. He gives us that rest from our evil works by freeing us from the works of the law and the cursed death of the law. And so we don't have to be afraid of stoning anymore because Christ died our high-handed death of stoning. That's true rest. Christ gave us true rest by indwelling us by his Holy Spirit. And he gives us that rest by molding us into his image. And he, he molds us into his image into people who truly rest from our evil works. And so that's why Christ can say, come to me, I will give you Sabbath. 
am your Sabbath. And so the application here today is not go home and try harder. The application is not go home and make sure you don't do anything really bad or blatant this week. The application is the same application as the rest of Scripture. Believe in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Lay your deadly doing down at the feet of Jesus. Because in Jesus, you no longer do rest as a work. In Jesus, you have rest as a free gift because it is finished. Christ lived the tassel-wearing life you did not live. He died the death of a high-handed sinner cursed outside the camp that you did not die. And in him, Yahweh declares to you, living you will live. You will live inside the camp. You will live in New Jerusalem and Zion, and you will live in Yahweh's tabernacle with his people forever. Amen. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's Word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays. For more information, please visit MissoulaURC.com. That's MissoulaURC.com.